ladies and gents. Welcome to Dear World Love Delilah's Thursday Tea Time Mini, a bite-sized bit of motivation and encouragement for those moments in which, well, a whole episode is too long for the time you have, no episode at all, well, that's way too short, but half an episode, half an episode is just right. So, Thursday's Tea Time Mini is me, you, my sweet and creamy cup of yoga tea, and the whimsical quote that is attached to the tea bag. Here's to this little moment, and I'm super glad that you're here with me. Let's get our tea on. It's not life that matters. It's the courage we bring to it. So yeah, what a wise cup of tea. <laughs> How powerful is that? It's not the life that matters, it's the courage we bring to it. Life, just living, uh, it's just a life, right? An existence. The quality of that life, the adventure, is going to be proportional to the courage with which, with which we live it. Awesome. So we're born probably out of our control, right? Or at least as far as the conscious mind and body are concerned. The one we're living in now, uh, with the consciousness that we are living with now, right? So just being born and being alive is not necessarily an achievement, especially if we lived a privileged or relatively kind and comfortable life, right? Um, it is special. It is special because a lot of things had to happen in specific ways for us, this exact you and this exact me to be born. Um, but they were not necessarily things that we had control over. So just being on this earth is not the goal. It's not the joy. It's not where the satisfaction and fulfillment come from, right? Um, there are a few areas that I see myself naturally wanting to apply this idea. One is when it comes to our gifts and talents, uh, I have this conversation with my oldest a lot. He's 17. He's naturally very athletic. He's naturally pretty incredible. Fast, strong, good at obstacle courses. He runs track. He's an ROTC. And he pretty much stays ahead with ease. His little sister is similar. Running, jumping, climbing, you know, athleticism. Uh, as well as kind of their physical makeup, it comes naturally to them. It, they're more from their father's side, which is slim, athletic. I think it's in their DNA, right? My middle boy, not so much an athlete, um, but there are other things that come really natural to him. He's very kind and considerate and compassionate and thoughtful. Um, and he's good at musical instruments, you know, in addition to kind of an emotional intelligence that a lot of kids his age don't have. That stuff is just hard to hard to teach, uh, just as running fast is hard to teach, right? The thing about it, though, uh, especially in regard to my oldest and youngest, their athleticism is not really a product of their hard work or dedication. Their good grades, all three of them really, are not really a result of their efforts or commitment to their studies but are instead because some concepts come really natural to them. I mean, that's it. So my 17-year-old has this thing where 
while we're watching American Ninja Warrior, which is uh, one of my favorite shows, uh, he'll criticize the contestants and talk about how easy it would be for him to beat them and to beat the course as a whole. For one, he is trying to discredit all the long hours and hard work that these athletes put into being as good as they are, right? Um, and two, confidence is necessary. Uh, arrogance and conceit are just annoying. <laughs> um, but he's growing and he's learning. So I try to talk to him. I try to explain that while he can enjoy and be grateful for the natural talents he was given by God or the universe or by chance or whatever your views, he did not earn them. He did not did you just hear me burp? <laughs> I totally just burped. Okay, sorry. Burp. <laughs> um, but he did not earn them. He did not work for them. And he has not, he's not done much to cultivate them or to improve upon them. He's just resting on them. And that alone is not something to be proud of or to brag about. And it's definitely something... It's not something to use to put others down. Not that anything is really, but you know. And I try to help him understand that it's not what you have that matters, like what you were born with. It's what you do with it. And it's humbling. It's humbling because while I feel like he should just know this, it actually took me years and a good bit of regret to understand. And, you know, they say that those, those things that we see in others um, are also pieces of us. And when I was a kid, I was naturally talented in a lot of ways. I started playing soccer at age five, and I was strong, and I was fast, and I had a great leg on me. Um, every instrument I ever picked up, I was immediately good at. Uh, I was a natural artist and writer. But there's a concept in AA. It's, it's a warning of sorts about not resting on our laurels. Some people struggle with the concept, but to me it made sense immediately because what I had done my whole life was rest on my laurels, rest on my natural talent, and I wasted them. And then what happened? Both in childhood and as an adult, what happened is that those around me who put in more effort, like they might have... They might have had less natural talent, but they put in more effort. They put in the work. They were committed. They were dedicated. They wanted to be their best selves. Those people eventually, sometimes sooner rather than later, they passed me by. They became better than me, faster than me. They played the game or the instrument better than me, right? Because just my talent wasn't enough. And it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be enough. These were gifts, things to build on, and I wasted them for a lot of my life. I was lazy, and I thought it was enough just to be enough. And I look back now, and while I try not to live with a lot of regret, I do look back and recognize that. That there are areas in my life I could have done better. I could have done better. The good news is, though, that seeing it, owning it, it motivates me. And it makes me do better now. And maybe that's part of his path too. So this is not like, hey, you, your natural talent, 
you know, and you're doing nothing with it. You suck. <laughs> you know, it's not that at all. This is not a lecture. Um, and, you know, I hope that you know and always remember that I want you to have the most satisfying and fulfilling life possible. You're my daughter, and I want good things for you. Independence, fulfillment, satisfaction. You know, I want beautiful, wonderful things for you. Um, and I have to tell him that all the time. And I want to tell you, like, I want you to have beautiful, wonderful, magical things for yourself. Because <laughs> we all need a good kick in the ass sometimes, right? Um, and just to kind of help you see how you might be getting in your own way. Um, of the amazing life that you want and of the amazing, incredible life that you deserve. Anyway, okay, so it's not life that matters. It's the courage we bring to it. I love that because I have found it. I have found that. I love that because I have found that a lot of fear, um, I didn't think it. I love that because I have found that I have a lot of fear. I didn't think it. I almost thought I was fearless. I, I've always been a risk taker, but I later learned that what I was afraid of was sticking around, was being known fully and sticking with things long enough to risk failing at them. Learning that, I see that there were times in my life that I was afraid of everything, everything. But what I love, and I think I even talked about this recently um, when I talked about Superman versus Batman uh, or Batman or Arrow, not the movie, but like the character of Superman versus, you know, someone like Batman and Arrow. Superman saves the world and it's pretty easy for him, right? Generally, Superman doesn't have a lot to be afraid of. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a monster in his closet or the mugger around the corner. Those aren't things he really has to be afraid of. I mean, you know, yeah, kryptonite and then like loved ones getting hurt, right? Those are two of his greatest fears and I get that. But the chances of someone, any regular person, your average Joe having kryptonite is pretty low. The chance is pretty low. Um, as far as being worried that something is going to happen to a loved one, we all struggle with that. So Superman doesn't have to spend a lot of time mustering up courage, right? Because, you know, his, I mean, he doesn't have to spend a lot of time being brave because he is virtually invincible. We, on the other hand, being human, or like Batman or the Arrow, being human, beautifully and perfectly, amazingly human, we have a lot of opportunities to muster up courage. We have a lot of times in our lives where fear is telling us that we don't deserve good fortune, that, you know, we don't deserve the good things that could accompany this journey, or we don't need to try that because what if it fails? Or sometimes scarier, what if, what if it succeeds? Relationships. Sometimes people get hurt in relationships. So every time we bravely even think about becoming truly committed or vulnerable in a real authentic way to a relationship, even if it's a friendship, that takes courage, right? 
working toward the job that you really, really want, committing to a side hustle that's going to keep you busy and tired in order to be the boss in the job that you really, really want. All of those things, they take courage because they are scary. But you know why they're scary? Because they have the potential to create the biggest benefits, right? They're scary because if we don't succeed at them, that means they have something to lose, you know, and that something is all of the possibility that accompanies them. It's that whole like return on investment. The scarier thing is what's more likely is to have a beautiful return. The scariest thing is the thing that is more likely to have a beautiful return if you succeed in it, right? The scarier something is, the more likely it is to be extremely rewarding if you succeed. And the more likely you are, even if you fail, to be proud of yourself for trying, because that stuff does matter. Now, there has been, over the last decade, a lot of talk about the injustice of participation trophies and medals and awards and how they're making our kids lazy and spoiled. I will say this. I also don't believe that every kid that plays in the game should get a trophy. No. Like, I believe the trophy should go to the people who showed excellence or a top form of excellence in that game or match um, or meet or in that moment and that honoring their efforts um, and whatever they had to do to pull that off is important, right? Because if every kid got a prize or a trophy just for putting on a uniform, then we send the wrong message to the ones who put, in, who put on the uniform and showed up for every practice and practice at home in between practices and games, you know, and read and watched videos on how to improve, right? However... I do think that there is a place to celebrate our efforts. I do, because sometimes winning is not what it's all about. Suiting up and showing up fully, authentically, and as our best selves, that is not easy. It's not, and it needs to be acknowledged. So maybe my kid doesn't get the trophy, right? Because the trophy went to the winning team. But I do think that if the kid showed up fully, played his or her hardest, and showed good sportsmanship, then that kid should absolutely get a high five, a good job, great hustle, I'm really proud of how hard you worked, and then maybe an ice cream, right, or some pizza. Because here's the thing, not reaching our ultimate goal, not getting to the very top the first time, reaching what we envisioned to be ultimate success, that does not necessarily mean we failed. Failure is subjective. We cannot get to the very top of the mountain the first time, but still make it higher than we ever have before, right? Maybe we lost weight and learned about who we are as we prepared for the climb. Um, and then we learn and we try again. But in the meantime, every time we fail, we have the opportunity to learn from that. And I think the only time we truly fail is when we take off our gloves and say, you know what, forget it. I don't want to play anymore. I'm, I'm taking my ball and my bat and I'm going home. And what's crazy and what's awesome is that even then, right, even then it doesn't have to be over. One thing I love is this saying that Kathy Heller has. She says, life can be in pencil. And I say life has to be in pencil because the same kid who gave up, who, you know, took their ball and their bat and went home, that same kid can like 
I don't know, they can turn around, right? They can say, hey, uh, I'm sorry I did that. Will you take me back? I want to play, you know? Uh, they could secretly start practicing again in their backyard until they get good enough and get back on a team or whatever. Maybe a pickup game after school, whatever. The point is, like, we can always go back and try again. You know, we can we can go in reverse. It doesn't mean that, you know, we can't change what we already did, but we can certainly go back to it more times than not. And we can always choose courage, even if we've already chosen cowardice at some other time. You know, we, we, can, we can go back and we can choose courage in the next step. Because I guess technically we can't go back, but we can return. You know, we can return and we can make new choices. Life is a series of choices. And the most beautiful pieces, the most beautiful event, the most beautiful outcomes in life, the things that really, really make life worth living usually begin with courage. They usually begin with bravery. They usually begin with us looking, our own fear and our own doubt, our fears and doubts that others project on us, we can confront them. Right? Face them head on and walk through them, lean into them, embrace them, and make them the past and make courage our future. I love that. And I love that this yummy tea that I'm sipping, the warmth it brings, also brought me here to you with these thoughts and understandings. I'm super glad that you listened to me rant, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share the things that I learn and think and believe. And I want you to feel what I feel. So I would love if you would email me your thoughts on this. Your ideas. Your beliefs. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of this moment. And many wonderful moments to come. Bye. Well, that wraps up this Thursday's Tea Time Mini. I hope that you got from it something that felt like a breath of fresh air, or a break from the regular hustle and bustle of your day-to-day. I hope that if you're struggling, this was the light at the end of your tunnel, and if you are already feeling great, I hope that this elevated your mood just that much more. Do you maybe know someone who needs what you got from this episode? Someone who could benefit from this little tidbit of motivation and inspiration? Well, taking just a few seconds to share it could make all the difference in the world for that someone and for me as well. So if you do share it, I'd be forever grateful. With that, I look forward to being here with you next week because life is always better with a friend and a cup of tea. Dear world, sending you all the hugs and kisses. Love, Delilah.